river kingdoms are a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 117. When last we left you, you had uh, won a great military battle against Pythax. Yes. Um, and then had done some alliance building with Rathseline and Maroy. Yes. And um, her new beloved husband and equally beloved adopted daughter. Yep. Um and you are going to seed them Pytaxia in exchange for their help and Dagomark's help. Yes. In defeating the Clockwork King. Yes. Mervon get Pytaxia and um, enough hexes to join it onto Mervon. Yep. And um, Dagomark get the joy of knowing your Remedy isn't going to kick their ass anytime soon. Yep. Dagomark get economic stability. Yep. Um, so... Then, um, I'm not sure where we were at there. Was that, um... Uh, Akaros was retiring and marrying Belinda. Yes, that's right. I had done a kingdom turn. I don't think I had summarised that. I was going to summarise that for you in the... Ah, that's right. You've done the kingdom turn between sessions. Yep. So, I, um... Failed my stability check and picked up a point of unrest. Um, I um, cleared my light cr- plus one light crossbow and added a um, cloak of resistance plus five, which is pretty stellar. Um, I put Zamanth in as um, my warden because mm-hmm. Celia Ravenbrow is leaving and returning to Mimor. Yep. Um, I paid an extra, started paying an extra one consumption a month for the river raisers, who I hold up in that, um, curiously unoccupied forest hex of mine. Yep. Um, and, um, running extremely low on money starting the turn on 37 build points, and with a moderately high total of unrest, I have, um, and some penalties to economy because I lost that army last month. I have built a park and a dump in Varnhold and a city wall and another level of city walls in Lakeview. And I have rebuilt some farms in the Hooktung Slough in um, C7 and E2, which are two places which used to have farmland hexes and didn't anymore. Yeah. 
and then I failed my end of turn economy check. So, um, yeah, the Kaelin is going to, um, probably just going to have to go into the negative to avoid ne- afford next month's conquest. Um, then, um, so then as you move on to, uh, events and army movement and that sort of thing? Yep. Because the event for last turn was the, um... Was move on, yeah. We, we, we did, we did move on and Akaros and then, um, I had the, and then between sessions had the kingdom turn. Um, so, uh, Dagomark will come to the party at this point and tell you that the fine investments that you have made in Dagomark's economy are paying off handsomely. Um, so in, in a sudden and unexpected windfall that has nothing whatsoever to do with helping you against Pytax. Yep. Uh, Dagomark will give you eight bill points. Yay. Which you can add immediately to your treasury. Yep. Hang on, no, Dagomark have already given me ten bill points. Oh no, that's just, no, that, that's right, that's just the note, no, that's right, the note that they're going to give me ten bill points, that's right, I'm just getting muddled. Yes, okay. Sorry, ten bill points, is it? Uh, what did I just say? Uh, you just said eight, cool. but, um, no, that was a... it's supposed to be ten. Okay, cool. Alright. Cool, so I get ten bill points, Dagomark. Which almost literally comes in the form of straight cash. Yeah. Which, you know, very welcome. Or perhaps more likely, you know, credit loans to, against Dagomark. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, I'm definitely going to be, that's how my going into the, um, negatives is going to be, is I'm just going to, um, you know, run the Kennington Treasury out a bit and lean on Dagomark a bit more heavily. Alright, and then, the two things that you've got to do with your kingdom turn concluded in whatever order you please uh, Van and Svetlana are getting married Yay! and there's going to be a massive string of events around that because it's going to be a a political wedding Yeah. Where even though they're doing it for love you still have to have lots of diplomats and etc etc there I think that I have lots of diplomats at my wedding it was still awesome yep so Van and Svetlana getting married Sounds wonderful. And then the other thing that you have to do is have a war with Pytax. Ah, right. So, um, the plan that we had discussed was for Kaelin to spend one turn exploring and preparing because he wanted to do some scouting and beat up the Warsworn and things. Cool, yep. So this was the month that that was going to happen? Ah, yes, yes, which we haven't got to do yet because we're finishing the Kingdom turn. Yes. So the theory was that that was the advantage of having Van and Svetlana's cool. wedding this month, is that it's the month before all everything breaks loose. So, other way around, then, do you want to go out and adventure, or do you want to um, have a lot of talky-talky scenes? I think have a lot of talky-talky scenes and then go out and adventure, because um, that way Kaelin will, will put a couple of days aside to make certain he's actually there for the wedding. Well, um... Either way. Yeah, no, I'm good with the I'm good with having violence at Lana's wedding. Okay, so this is going to be a full affair of state. Um with very much everyone who is anyone invited. Uh, with the kind of obvious exception of Erebeti. And, Qu- and Quintessa yeah, Moray. Yeah, who I suppose you could in theory invite, were you so inclined. But, but yet no. Yeah, and Quintessa has somehow been neglected from the guest list. Yeah. But um, you are getting 
people from Nestra here, you're getting people from Timon, you're um, further away borders that are now coming ever closer to you. Yep. You are, of course, getting representative Timon Maracus. You are getting the full-blown party from the void. Yep. Who have, in fact, showed up early so they can do these trade deals yep. and then stick around for the wedding. Yep. And then you've also got um, a whole pile of nobles and officials and random hanger-ons and things with, with Rastaline. Yep. Um, and that is pretty much that. Uh, and I imagine Akaros will stick around for that and... Um, Head back to um, yes, yes, indeed. He's planning on sticking around for the wedding. Yeah, probably with some kind of leaves more time for drinking rationale. And the other one you have in your kingdom is um, Marlin Miracle Razors has now been co-opted in, um, which happened not all that long ago from an character point of view. Um, it that ju- was in, in amongst all your grandiose battles. Yeah, that's why I'm now paying the River Raisers one consumption. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, as in whether you want to go and talk to him or have grandiose plans for them or anything in that neighbourhood, or whether your plan was just to sort of park them in a corner while you deal with Pytax. Well, the theory was that, um, like, I can let, um, I can let, um, his wife know when I'm de- slipping down to Pytax that he's there and she can skulk up and join him if she wants to. Yeah. But, um, the theory was they're not prepared to attack, um, Uriveti at this point because he still holds their son hostage. Yeah. So, my loose plan was to see if I could get as far into Pytax as to rescue their son. Yep. So they could then come and invade with me. But it sort of presupposes a lot of things go well, because I want to beat up the war spawn, then go scout Pytax, then actually make it inside Pytax, and then make it all the way inside the palace. So I may not actually be able to do all of that stuff. And the only one I really, really want to do is the war spawn, because I really want... Gorham's favour. Well, at least to remove Gorham's active dislike. I've, I've managed a number of wars in the most war-heavy campaign the thing, despite having Gorham's dislike, but I do feel I'm pushing my luck at this point. Fair. So as I say... Also, I feel like that's more dra- that one's more dramatic, taken as part of the actual adventuring run than just something we're running off and explore yeah. afterwards. So as I say, pick what, um, what entertains the Helen on this particular evening, whether you want to fight things or whether you want to... Um, Talk, do talk things. Yep, I'm good to do talk things. I'm, we'll probably go up and talk to Marlin, but as I, I'm happy to have that be a scene or not as, um, as pleases you. Cool. If, if you've got nothing you particularly want to accomplish there, then, um. Uh, not at this stage. Cool. Uh, I'm good for, uh, their principal thing that they're doing is not attacking me. You know, um, my understanding was they weren't prepared to attack Uravetti because yep. um, their son is held hostage, and I don't really want to push them on that because I can totally see Uravetti going, well, that's a clear violation of our deal in killing the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the basic takeaway you get from that is Marlon will give you, you know, the information that he has available. He's, he's happy to assist you in several regards. Um, he is definitely somewhat wary of you because, primarily because, um, well, not to put too fine a point in it, but they're all criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, although you have a reputation for making deals with bandits. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, some bandits you don't make deals with. So okay. he's just he's just a little leery of where this is, what this is going to look like in the future. Yeah. Uh, because there's nothing stopping you 
getting them out of the way and then massacring them all or arresting them all or any number of different things, yeah. several of which you'd be well within your rights to do so. Yeah. Among other things, once you, as, as and when you take over that region of Pytex, they will become people who have actively committed crimes in your kingdom. Yes, although that's, um, yeah, no, but uh, I mean, with, he may not know that I'm going to honor my deal, but I am going to honor my deal. The deal was they um, cease actively, act of hostilities against me, and if I can rescue their son, actively help me defeat Iravetti. Yep. And in exchange, they get either participation in their kingdom or free passage to the nearest border, and um, where they can get the heck out of Dodge. I'm not going to arrest them for banditry at this time. There are no guarantees what I'll do if they come back into yes. Static Storm and start being bandits within my borders again. But, but that's a very different, um, yeah, a very different thing. I think mostly you just get the little Kalen just gets the little tooltip thing that says there are a couple of missions waiting for you, kind of thing. Yeah, um, one of which is go defeat the Warsworn, which you are leaving for the moment. Um, one of which says there's a problem. With Oleg's tomb. Ooh. And one of which says that um, Lord Tyrion Nemesti wants to talk to you about weddings. Right. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so right. which of those two would you prefer to tackle in what order? Um, I want to find out what's going on with Oleg's tomb, and I'm not just doing this to get out of the conversation about weddings. Go up, you double-click on that one, and it yeah. starts. So, your page, Lyanna... Is sort of sitting next to you, running through the day's business. Yeah. Uh, and then Agaros hit the guy, but apparently it wasn't a big deal because they had some sort of prior disagreement, and he was so drunk he doesn't remember it anyway. Um, oh, uh, hang on. Uh, boss, there's one more thing. Um, you left an order years back. Um, Saying if there were any disturbances around the Monument Garden you wanted to hear about it, like where Bryn got attacked? Aye, oh, absolutely. Well, uh, so there's, there's been some vandalism of a sort there by, you know, you're now like a couple of days prior to wedding, you're yeah. in the middle, you're in the middle of the full-blown diplomatic, um, yeah. parties here. Yeah. Rig and roll, yeah, yeah. There are, there are already dozens and dozens and dozens of eggs. There were probably at this point Somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 extraneous people in your kingdom that have come to visit. Yeah. Um, and parties and affairs and balls and all that sort of thing going on regularly. So most of the guard have been on them. Yeah. Um, and she says at some point, um, well, the, well, the monument garden has been unguarded. Somebody has burnt Oleg's monument. Like, they haven't burnt it down because it's a stone monument, but somebody has been down there and set it and the surrounding area on fire. Hmm. Kalen makes a growling noise and um, mutters something very foul and awk under his breath. Right. I'm going to go find out what's going on with that. Now. (laughs) And he gets up (laughs) She says, it's just, it's just vandalism. Okay. <laughs> and, um, Kaelin will, I think, select Bryn for this one mm. as the best tracker. Well, 
This brings to mind this brings to mind some old memories. Had some trouble here just before the last wedding we had. I actually I, not the last. Is it been the last wedding? Was there one in the middle there? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, no, I was thinking of Tristan and Quintessa. Yeah, but they've actually happened. happened. Yeah, no. I I was pretty bloody pissed about that. I'm not as pissed about this, but I can't say I'm very happy. Hopefully the trail's not gone too cold and you can um, pick something up from the surroundings. Well, let's go see what we can find. So Bryn goes down to the Monument Garden, um, where you can see you've now got a, a fairly wide string of different monuments all around the place. Yeah. Um, and... You are welcome. I don't think we ever set what Oleg's was per se, but I'm imagining it's very much like a statue of him. Yeah, it's um, it's got um, it's a statue of him, probably um, you know, hefting a sack or hefting a tankard or something um, yep. suitably Oleg. It's got um, his name um, you know, blo- um, uh, husband, uh, husband and successful merchant, and um, it's got um, I never, I never trusted that woman. <laughs> That's right. That's so, when you get down... Because that's the last thing that Oleg ever said to Callum. <laughs> yep. When you get down there, the statue itself has been covered in scorch marks. Like, somebody's made a reasonable, if not particularly coordinated, effort to set it aflame. The grass all around the area has been burned reasonably hot. The metal plaque has not been destroyed, but it has been melted, so you've sort of got, I never trusted that war. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bryn says, well, I turned into Svetlana. <laughs> like I say, old memories. Aye. All they deserve better than this. Mm-hmm. And this is too close to Father Bravia's monument, for my taste. Aye. She says and growls under Mm. her breath. All right. Let's see what we can see here, then. Why don't you, uh... Stop, look at you. Well, we know people are through here all day and and night. See if we can find any useful tracks around the ash. Look for any signs of where the fire started, that sort of thing. All right, I'll stay over here and keep people out of your way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Recognizing your own tacit uselessness here. Well, you know, like if I wander around with my big comfy feet, that'll just screw up the trail. Alrighty, so that would be a 33 survival. Good old friend. <laughs> It was either that or Tristram for his big honking search check. <laughs> yep. So she actually starts for the search check and nets a 17 on it and looks around, less looking for tracks and signs. At this point, it's just looking at the patterns, the directions of the fire, and that's sort of thing she says. Well, no question it was intentional. If somebody had just wanted to burn the garden, they'd have started over there. It's... Somebody's done this from right down here, basically standing almost to standing like two foot directly in front of the monument. So somebody was looking Oleg in the face while they did this kind of thing. Um, it could be, could be anyone, but I guess somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing 
this fire has just been sprayed around the place kind of wildly and wildly and at random pretty inefficient nothing better to knock the statue down try and crush it if it had to be burned at least bring it to the ground first amateur we're looking for Jesus let's see what I can find uh yes because of 3.5 it's out of the track feet instead of survival Uh, yep. And because you act- actively left standing orders that you wanted to know about this sort of thing, the trail is less than a day old at this point. Yeah. So she looks at the witness, the ground sniffs it, touches the tracks. Definitely last night. I would guess sometime after the. I would guess sometime after that ball rolled up. That'd be around eleven. A lot of tracks around the gardens. But I'm looking here, she sort of shows you, you know, this bit is less burned than the bits all around it. The fire spread out from here, from the person standing in front of it. Guessing it was only one person. Light tread. And as she exceeds the DC for this by 15, <laughs> um, she looks at it and goes, Light tread. Uh, went off back towards the castle. Could, could be any one of, she drops, you know, looks at the ground. Hmm. Looks at you, looks at the sort of handful of interested bystanders who are not actually here helping you so much as just yeah. kind of eavesdropping on, oh, the king is doing an interesting thing. And rolls a mighty two on her bluff check as she clears her throat and says, <clears throat> I guess I can't find anything here, husband, which is odd because I'm usually so good at tracking, but I have no idea who could have done this. Except that probably no one did it because it was probably just an accident. We shouldn't investigate any further. And they all the crowd looking at me. Huh? So, Callum, come on, love, let's go over here, and um, the two of us will move off into a quieter area. Did you find it with Svetlana? Not her. Bigger feet, but lighter tread. Smells like her though. Tobias. Oh. Alright. Well, I guess, I guess I'd better go have a chat with him. There's something off about his feet. They started small and they got bigger. Well, this was happening and she points to things that you can barely see. But there's, you know, sort of a burnt footprint here and then a bigger burnt footprint here, which says they belong to the same person. They have the same smell from them. He's changed size between while doing this. This fire. Do you think it's magic fire? Like Svetlana could put out? She shrugs slightly. Could be. Hard for me to tell. What you can do with a fireball, you can do with alchemist fire just as easily. You'd need somebody who knew the difference. You'd need somebody who knew the difference in the spells to tell you for sure. Alright, I don't know what's going on here. And I'm a bit worried about it. Jod was pretty sure that he wasn't possessed anymore. But it seems like it's either that or he's developing magic like Svetlana's got. Sorcery? I suppose that makes a sort of sense. Aye, well, he's got it in the blood, doesn't he? And, um, 
it's I don't know anyways I'd better go up back to the castle and talk it over with him if you need more information you could talk to Tristan about it he'd know more about some of this than I would I just but there's no doubt whose tracks those are I can tell you I can tell you right where he went but you scarcely need to know that nay I think I think I've got a pretty good idea and Kaelin will head back to the castle and track down Tobias. Yep. Who is um, in his bedroom. Um, you can very quickly check in with sort of the maids and that sort of thing who basically tell you that he's uh, he's feeling ill miscellaneously and just sort of wants to be left alone. Um, which... Um, no one has found terribly surprising under the circumstances. You know, the, the maids have said, Oh, your majesty, yeah. he's feeling a little under the weather, uh, as, as young children sometimes do when their mother's on their second marriage around this time. Uh, Lady Svetlana spoke, spoke to him. I think she thinks it's a bit of malingering, but she seems happy with it. That's all right, but I want to go in and talk to him. Of course, of course, your majesty. So effectively, no one actually thinks he's particularly sick here, but they're just leaving him to it. Because, among other things, Svetlana has a million things to do this weekend. Yeah. uh, Given that her job is Grand Diplomat and she's the bride. Yeah. So, Kaelin will um, go and knock on the door. I'm sick. Tobias, it's Kaelin. There's a pause. I'm... Too sick to see anyone. Even you. I've been out to the monument garden, lad. There's a click of the door. The door handle turns. And... Tobias is sitting there. He's... At this point, Seven looks like a ten-year-old, you know, unusually big, strong, all the rest of it. Um, and he is sitting there, and he sort of opens the door, looks at you kind of awkwardly, then shuffles back over and sits on his bed again. And being as this is a castle, and he is the son of high nobles, he's actually a big, quite a big, nice bedroom. So yep. there's definitely chairs in here you can flop yourself upon in front of the fireplace and that sort of thing. Yep, so Kaelin will come in and shut the door behind him. Yep. And Tobias looks at you kind of warily. And did something happen in the monument garden? I don't, I don't know anything about that. Violet? I don't know anything. It seems that somebody set old Leg's statue on fire last night. He winces. You mean my dad's statue? Aye. Well, my first dad, anyway. Barn's going to be my third. It depends on what you want to call it, that. Did we settle with him calling me a papar or not? He has in fact called you Da on several occasions at this point. Yeah. He is notably, he is actually notably not doing so now in a way 
that would not strike Kaylin as terribly strange, but awkward. Yeah. I know it's a funny thing, having several different fathers, as it were. No, it's a funny thing, what's happened with Van and Svetlana, what happened with Svetlana and me, what happened with Oleg. It's a lot to deal with. But he sort of hesitates and gives a very hesitant big nod at this. But on the whole, I'd rather that you talked it over with someone, whether it be me or not, rather than going, to, rather than setting things on fire. I didn't. It just happened. Yeah. Were you out there going to see him, maybe? He looks extremely awkward again and sort of starts flushing a little red. Kill and we'll look casually at the ceiling away from him for a bit. He says, I was at the ball, right? I? And... There was this... Girl. He says and, and flushes again. I? You remember you and Mama taught me to dance? I? When we went to Mivon, Mivoy, Mivon, Mivoy that time. Yeah, I remember. It, it, it was the same girl. She was one of the, the noble's daughters, I think. I don't, I find it hard to keep track of, but she, she wanted to, to dance again and she, started talking about prospects and then her Dao went over to talk to Mama and I, I we danced a bit closer so we so we could hear them because she said we should. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about getting married and I thought they were talking about Mama getting married, but they weren't. They were they were talking about me getting married in the future to to Juliet. And is that her name? Yeah, she's. I mean, I, I guess she's. I, I guess she's pretty. He says and looks kind of confused and shrugs hopelessly, like someone who is only, actually only seven. Yeah, well, well, no, because of the um, because the half orc blood is actually growing faster, so he is yeah. much closer to a ten year old at this point than he is to a seven year old. Um, emotionally as well as physically, but even at ten, you know, he's sort of at, he's sort of starting to hit girls are pretty. Yeah. But not any context of what you do with them or why. Yeah. It's sort of that puppy love crush thing. Yeah. Um, she's, she's real pretty, I guess, but she's, she's sixteen. Aye, that's quite a difference at your age. And, Mama and Van have both told me that I have responsibilities to the kingdom, but other people get married for love, and I don't—I don't even know if I want to marry Juliet or not. And Mama just sort of laughed and said it was years off in the future, but everything changes so fast around here, and I, I didn't know what to do. And 
I went out to talk to Da. Oleg, I mean. You, my, my first Da. You can call him Da. It's okay. I don't... I don't remember him all that well, you know. I know. You weren't that old when he died. Three, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I thought if I went out there and talked to his, his monument, maybe he'd, he'd help me understand. But he didn't talk. Maybe he doesn't want to talk to me. Maybe he knows I'm not his. And you were feeling upset about that? I was angry. I I kicked the statue because Dal wouldn't talk to me. And I hurt my foot. And then it got bad. He says and pauses and licks his lips awkwardly and sort of finds, runs his fingers through his hair and scratches the back of his hand and finds a million things to do with his hands other than engage the conversation. Did the fire come from you? By accident? Big, big nod at the first one and then a lot of awkward faces at the second one. So yes, it came from him by accident. Maybe, kinda. I was, I was mad. I just, I wanted to hurt the statue until, until it talked to me. But when I did, the the fire came out, and Mama's talked to me about this, and, and Uncle Tristan too. And they they say that I, I may or may not have sorcery in my blood and it may come out when I when I get older and become a teenager and hit awkward stages or situations of high stress, but, but I think it's happened a little faster. Aye. I guess because I'm different, but the fire just came out everywhere. It, it scared me, but it didn't burn me. heated me up and he looks very far away at this point and I just grew and my skin it it changed and it turned red and I put my hand in the fire and it didn't hurt I think I am. I think I'm Jivon's grandson. Ah, yes. I was just. I. I was just putting that together myself. He must be Mama's. Da. Aye, that was the theory. That that was. That's the. That's what I think. And when you have a bunch of different bloods, sometimes coming together, sometimes one of them runs stronger than another. 
I changed like him. I got bigger and stronger like you, but I, my skin went red, and the fire didn't hurt. The fire was coming out of me everywhere. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't turn it off. It burnt and it burnt and it burnt until it just stopped burning. I didn't make it stop. It just stopped. It's okay. And Kevin will at this point reach over and put his hand gently on the fire. And he flinches. Um, and you get a sense motive, Jenny. Yep. He opposes with all the guile of a ten-year-old. It's actually possibly more than Caleb can master. Well, I'm going to re-roll it if I can't make that. That's a twelve. Cool. No, that is quite sufficient to defeat the ten-year-old. I have well, um, put some effort into my old sense bow. He twitches when you touch him. It's not that he's afraid of you, or that he's actually shying away from your touch. It's he's afraid for you. Yeah. That he's going to catch fire right now and hurt you. Yeah. Because... You can see the emotions roiling on the surface here. He is upset, he is sad, and he is angry. Yeah. He sort of twitches and pulls his arm away slightly. Alright. It's okay. It's okay. It's gonna be okay. I couldn't stop it. And must have been very scary. I wanted to talk to you about it, but I didn't want to disrupt the wedding because it's it's important, and I don't want people to know that about Mama. I don't want people to know he's her daughter because they'll think there's eyes sort of dart from side to side that that. He's gonna end up that that she's gonna end up like him, and again, his 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 concern actually is somewhat for Svetlana, but only in a sort of ten year old way where he's still the center of the universe. Just because you can make fire come out of you doesn't make you an Afrite. It's in my blood. Lots of things are in people's blood. Yeah. Jacob Carlyle says you have monster blood in you. And you're sort of like, who the fuck is Carlyle is one of the servants? Okay, it's, it's like one of the servants' kids. Yeah. You know. He says you have to fight every day to keep monster blood from making you eat people. Kevin <laughs> will actually laugh slightly at this point. And I know that that all blood's in me too from, from the magic. Mama explained it, sort of. I know it's a bit it's a bit of a weird story and it's a hard thing to have have it is different from it is different for me than other people but it doesn't make me a monster being a monster is about what you choose to do not what you're born with I can hurt people and set people on fire what am I going to do but be a monster you know your mum you know your mom can do that too, right? And she's done it by accident a time or two when she didn't know how to control her power. Mama can't can't do this, he says, and steps over to the fireplace, takes out the fire poker, picks it up, and 
strains, grunts, and then bends it into a pretzel, which is... It's by no means a freakish superhuman feat of strength. You could do that yeah. reasonably easily. But he's goddamn strong for a yeah. one-year-old, for a seven-year-old. <laughs> no. You've got a, a bit more frite blood in you than we necessarily realised. And orc too. And some orc too. You don't show it like I do, but you're growing up fast. And where I was growing up, I grew up slow, because they were all full orcs, and I was only half. And what else? And what, did, what did Romanesca leave in me? I don't think she left anything to buy us, but we can work, but if you feel like there is something, we can work through that. Do you remember... What happened when you were small? He sort of shakes his head. I have bad dreams sometimes. There's a cage and I can't get out. But And there's a thing on the outside. It's, it's me, but it isn't. It, there are noises all around it. Like, like all the stupid kids gossiping. All their voices talking at once about what's wrong with me. But they can't make out the words. Just my face and all the voices around it. It used to scare me more. Then I started burning it. And then it went away. Niska did something bad to you when you were little. She tried to have you possessed by a demon. He nods at this like this is not the first time he's heard about it. He's clearly got, you know, rumours, stories, vague background. Yeah. She... We, Switlana and I, and Bryn, she hurt Bryn too. Switlana and I and Bryn all fought the demon together and killed it. And... Jod checked you out, out afterwards and said that you were okay, that the demon was gone. But something like that is a hard thing to have in your head, particularly for someone so young. I would like to hug you right now. I'm pretty confident. He gives a big nod of us. And Caleb will come round and uh, give him a hug. And yep. in fact, if he doesn't fight that, actually pick him up and put him on his lap. Yep, and he will snuggle into the chair and sort of wrap himself around you. He says to you in a very quiet voice, Dad? Yes, lad? What am I? What am I going to be now that Omar's marrying Darvan? You're my son. And Svetlana's. And Olix. And, and Vans too. And Vans too, if you want. We're all fawns. Yeah? Svetlana can keep Leviton if she wants, but she's going to be a thorn now. And Vans a thorn. And I'm a thorn. And you're a thorn. We're all family. 
Bryn thinks of you as one of her pack. And that's helped me a lot figuring out how to do this thing. Because, you know, I'm your da, but we don't live together. But we live in the same council. But I want to be there for you. But I don't want to try and take away Oleg from, from you. Or Van neither now. He's going to be living there. But You've always been there for me. Right from the start. And I always will that. Listen, if I've got affairs of state and there's stuff going on in the kingdom and the like, and you need me, you come and find me, okay? Never mind what stupid balls or politics or things are going on. I can see why this wasn't an easy one. But if you need me, you come find me. You matter more than anyone. But I, I, I can't go out of... I, have to, I should stay in here. I mean, what if something happens at the wedding? What if, what if I turn red or, or get big or, or swords shoot out of my mouth that are covered in bees? Well, for starters, I think that's unlikely. It, it, I think the last one's fairly unlikely, but my thought is... Jacob Carlisle said he saw it happen once. <laughs> oh, Jacob Carlisle seems to be someone who doesn't tell the truth a whole heck of a lot of the time. <laughs> what I'm thinking is we might get Uncle Tristram in here, because he knows a thing or two about magic, and he might be able to get... And his magic's like... Eggs with Lana's, it just turns up. And his dad thought he was a bit odd when he was young because he has magic that isn't like most people's. But he might be able to give you some pointers. Hey, lots of this. But okay, maybe. But but I, I can't go out. I mean, if people see them, they'll know. And d- Juliet's not going to want to marry a monster. <laughs> Or, or even a monster blood. No, nobody would want to have kids if they knew it was going to turn out like this. I meant to talk to you a little bit about Juliet. The thing is, you don't have to marry anyone until you're old enough to decide hey, that that's what you want. So you don't have to worry about that stuff. You can dance with the pretty girl if you want to. But you don't have to worry about having to marry her. Her her dad said it would be politely advantageous. (laughs) Well, he may want to marry into my family. Politically. Yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. Uh, He may want to marry into my family, but that doesn't mean he gets to. You can marry who you want to marry. You're my heir, which means at the moment after me and Bryn you'll be king. If you don't want that, that's something we can look at. But that's another decision that you can make when you're old enough. In the meantime, you can keep learning how to do things. You know, that duties to this family. But one of those duties isn't going to be marrying someone you don't want to marry. That's not how, that may be how they do things in other noble houses, but it's not how they do, we do things in this family. He nods at this. And he looks worried, sort of chews on the point for a minute, and he says, what if I wanted to marry her? I don't want to, but I, I guess I want to marry someone. It's, it's what everyone does. No one's going to want to marry me if, if I'm a freak. 
I thought no If I can burn them while they're asleep, he says, suddenly seizing on this point. Yeah, I, I thought no one would ever want to marry me. He nods to this and looks a little more reassured. But it turned out that quite a lot of people did, because I'm a king. Jacob Carlyle says, if you're a prince or a king, then princesses will kiss you even if you're an ugly frog. And he's right, but... Good lesson for all. <laughs> but the thing is, what you want is someone who'll love you for who you are. Every single bit of it. Being a little bit orc and a little bit of frite. Having some kind of weird experiences growing up. Being the Tobias that you are. It's hard to work out who that someone is. I had a lot of trouble with it. But I'm not very bright. You might, you, you almost certainly do better. But that's why you want to wait until you're old enough. Till then you can dance with the pretty girls and you can talk to them. But nobody's going to try and marry you off. So you've got plenty of time to hang out with Juliet. Beth, and wait until you get bigger and she gets bigger. And the whole world starts to make a bit more sense. You can figure out who you want to marry. But people are going to want to marry you. Because my dad told me that the woman he loved wouldn't want to marry him. And Van told me that Svetlana wouldn't want to marry him. And Svetlana told me that Van wouldn't want to marry her. He looks slightly annoying. But that's silly. Everyone knows how much Mama loves Uncle Van. Well, Van didn't perhaps... Van didn't. And... She used to make these little noises when she talked about him, like... Huh. (laughs) If there's someone out there for me, lad, there's someone out there for you. Well, I guess guess that's true. (laughs) I know... Not that there's anything wrong with you. You're a great guy. The thing is that this power, this, these weird abilities seem pretty scary now. But they won't seem so scary once you get the hang of them, because then you'll be able to control them. I don't know a lot about magic, it's not exactly something that I can do a lot of. But I do know that people like Svetlana and Tristram learn to do things that they didn't know how. And sometimes when they get upset, those things get away from them. But Svetlana doesn't go burning stuff down on a regular basis, and she certainly could if she, even when she gets mad, she certainly could if she wants to. She learned to control it. Uh, I don't see any reason you can't, uh, too. I know your abilities aren't exactly the same as hers, but I think it's something that you can control. And you know what? I don't think anything scary is going to happen at the wedding, but if you did grow three feet taller, It wouldn't matter, because you'd still be out of bias. He hugs into you. Duh. I know you can't teach me about the magic, but... Can you teach me some of what you do with the swords and the lance and stuff? I forget... If I'm going to end up with with power, 
Lama says everyone's responsible for their own choices, but some people have more power than others. If I do, I want to make sure I know what I'm doing with it, that I can use it for, I don't know, like you do, help people, save people. I, Ruffle is here, I, I can teach you some stuff. And Uncle Tristan says you taught him, and that must have taken some good teaching. <laughs> I think you might be an easier student than Uncle Tristram. He didn't. He likes books better than sword sword fighting. Yeah, he says, <laughs> rolls his eyes slightly. I, I. I'm always having to read stuff. And it's important. I didn't. I couldn't read at all when I was your age. Age. It's good to be learning that. But it's nice to get out in the fresh air and whack things with sticks. And your mum is right. I'm bigger and stronger than most people, and I can do quite a bit of damage. I have to be careful. Not to scare people who are little and smaller than me. And not to use that strength to hurt people when I shouldn't. That's some stuff that I can teach you. Okay. I don't think we want to just tell everyone about the Afrita blood. But if people find out and they don't like it, screw them. You're more important. And it's not exactly the only weird thing in this family. Uh, I've got one more question. And, and it's real important. You, you, Mama says you, you keep your word and you're a good man and you always do the right thing. Well, I try. But I, I've been trying to do the right thing, but when Jacob Carlyle said that, prince, that princes get kissed by princesses, even if they're ugly frogs, I punched him. And I think that was the right thing to do. But I don't know. How do you know when it's okay to punch people? That's a tricky one. And it's one I've had a lot of trouble with. If, if, I think Jacob Carlyle was being pretty mean, but you want to be careful punching people till you get the hang of your strength. And I have to be careful with that too. So I'll teach you a few things about how to fight. And once you've got it under control, you might just find that people keep their opinions to themselves. If I see Gregory again, can I punch him? I remember him saying things. I can't remember what they were, but I remember I wanted to punch him. Yes, kid. If you see Gregory again, you can punch him as hard as you like. He hugs him, yeah. But I don't think we will see him again. Because I explained to him that it would be a good idea for him if we didn't. Dr. Gregory, not far south enough yet. Oh crap, I'm circumnavigating the globe. Okay, and that's at least closed that scene there. Yep. So, um... Well done, sweetheart. That's awesome. There are a couple. That was amazing. There are a couple of things that I want to do as a result of that, which yep. can potentially be off screen. Yeah, is I want to get Tristram in and talk to him about the possibility that Tobias might have some free hair blood, and yep. get him to have a bit of a conversation with Tobias about how to control it. Yeah. So, um, I... and I want to let Switlana know what yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Assumed as much. 
Um, we're going to have the statue discreetly repaired and yep. never speak of this again yep. in the um, public in the, in the you know the statue yeah well that was pretty much Bruin's, Bruin's um, realisation yeah, yeah. oh uh, an accident happened here yeah yeah it's you know sometimes statues spontaneously catch fire <laughs> in this kingdom yeah <laughs> um, so Svetlana is um, not even remotely upset about the statue like a, she understands, and B, if he'd melted the entire thing down to liquid stone, you'd just rebuild it. Yes. Yeah. You know, she's, um, she's definitely become accustomed to the sort of life that she lives now. She's, she realized she's no longer, on, on, on many levels inside, she's the penny pinching shopkeeper's wife. But at this point, she's just like, well, we can rebuild the monument. We just yeah. spent 60 build points on our piece. Yeah, yeah. The kingdom will cover this one. Huh? Um, and so, um, do you want to talk to her on screen, or do you not want to talk to her on screen? Do you have a reference? Um, I think this might be a conversation that's worth having on screen, yeah. if you're um, cool so with So you it. go and info-dump to her? Yeah, essentially, I will let her know. In fact, I will probably check in with Tobias that he's okay with me to tell Svetlana yeah. and Uncle There's Christian. a lot of... ...hurring, and then I guess you kind of have to... Mm-hmm. But so, not Jacob, not Jacob Carlyle, okay? No. <laughs> Caelan makes a private resolution about Jacob Carlyle. Yeah. Maybe his dad could find employment in a different city in the kingdom. <laughs> Even in a different building in the kingdom. <laughs> like, not the castle, but... Okay, um... So, yeah, you go to talk to Svetlana and you info-dump to her and she listens to all of this very seriously and very carefully. Ah. Well, that would explain it. I thought he was just moody about me marrying Van. It would be very understandable. He has had a, a very disrupted life when it comes to dads. It is not what I would have wanted to give my child. I'm not upset with him about the statue. He could no more control it than I could at a much older age than him. I remember fire, too. Waking up in melted snow. While I was asleep, I had gotten myself outside into the snow, but everywhere around for a hundred meters or so, it was melted away cleanly. It scared the hell out of me. I never talked to anyone about it. I just went out into the snow again and again, and slept out there every night in case it happened again. It did. Several times. Several more times. Of course, I was much older at the time. I would have been nearly 15, well ready to head out on my own. So, I do not think it is a precise confirmation, but I think it is as precise a one as we are going to get. Javon is my father. I'm afraid so. My mother, some poor girl from Arisen that he seduced with wealth and promises and then discarded. Aye, it's a despicable thing to do, but it certainly fits his general character. It would have been nothing to him to make certain she was well set up, but I'm can't say as I'm surprised he didn't bother. Kaelin's looking remarkably scornful here because it would literally have been pocket change to him for sure she never wanted for anything. 
and it would have made absolutely no difference to the, out- the, out- the outcome from his perspective. Yes, I mean, presumably uh, he-, he actively told you that he seduced these women with a combination of being incredibly handsome and just buying them fancy shiny diamonds and things. Yeah. But, you know, he then presumably fucked off without a second care in the world. Yeah, without bothering to see that they actually had the um, income to survive being single mothers. And Svetlana, I had always assumed that my mother and father had abandoned me for a reason. I, when I was younger, it mattered more. As I got older, I decided that whatever the reasoning they had done it, maybe it was for noble reasons, more likely not. It didn't matter to who I was. I would choose who I was going to be. I would choose what I was going to do. It disturbs me that Javon's blood is in me, but I am not a seven-year-old. I control what I do with my power. I am. Not, I may have a freaky blood in me. That does not make me a freaky. It makes me spend on eleven time. Aye. But it's coming through strongly for Tobias, and it's not the more conventional sorcerer's power, which, while it would be hard to cope with so young, is something that people are more familiar with. He's um got something. He's got something. I think he's something of a throwback. He's got quite a lot of the Afrite power for someone who is only very distantly now descended from one. We should speak to Tristan. He would be better informed than I about this sort of thing. Aye, that's what I think. figured. And the lad, you know I've given him some basic self-defence training, but he asked me to teach him a bit more. He wants to use his power for good if he's going to have power. And apparently some of the um, castle lads have been picking on him. So I'm going to teach him some important things about defending himself. It's Jacob Carlisle. Aye, Jacob Carlisle. But the thing is, I can move Jacob Carlisle, but there will be something else. It it would be beneath me and the violation of Aristotle's code to beat him. To beat him. But I am certainly tempted. Apparently Tobias already hit him. Hmm, that probably wasn't the right thing to do. She says, looking mildly satisfied. Nay, but we need... You and Tristram can teach him a thing or two about not setting things on fire unless you mean to. I myself am going to teach him a few things about um, what you do when boys are picking on you, but you can break it, but you can accidentally break someone's jaw. It would be very easy for him to get into trouble with the strength as well. I don't want to tell him he can't fight people because, to be honest, it doesn't do the other boys any harm to not push him, not be able to push him too far. But I want him to know how to fight people without getting himself in trouble. I... There'll always be another Jacob Carlyle. That is the world that we live in. <laughs> And more so for a boy like him, he's got enough things to make him different and wealth and power make people jealous. I apologise for anything he may have said that may have hurt you wrapped up in his own concerns and understandably so. Nay. He was, um... He was very sweet. He's a special kid. He would be with his father and his mother 
and I wish we could have made an easier life for him. But he's got a lot of advantages to go with the disadvantages. And it's an easier life than either you, you or I had. And I think that's as good as we're going to do. I have told him what a good man his father was. Oleg, I mean. The vast majority of it was even true. I think that that means something to him. He was trying to, he was trying to connect with Oleg when he got upset. I think. I wish you could have known him, but then she shrugs and sort of looks around at the castle room. She, uh, but ultimately, I do not wish things were different. I would not rather be anywhere than marrying Van in two days. It's been a long, hard road. But you and he have more than earned the happiness that you've got together out of the tragedies of the past. And all our lives could have been very different. I wish I I wish he hadn't died. I wish I'd done that differently, but So do I. Every day. But we cannot change what is being we are not responsible for the choices Mother is after Niska made. Nay. She killed him. Aye. And all the vengeance that can be done there has been taken. <sighs> I hope as he grows up he'll find it easier to sort through and find strength from his different fathers. I don't think it's an easy road having three, but it's three more than I had at his age. I envy him that. How very true. I cannot think of three men who would make... If there were going to be any three men to be his fathers, I cannot think of any three better men. Not to mention the rest of the thorns. He will get through this. I remember it was a very difficult time for me, but I'm still here at the end, and it made me stronger. Roses fall. Thorns remain. And we do a hand, we hand clasp and yep. then go find Tristram. Yep. And so this one is more info dump than anything yep. else. You go and find Tristan. Uh, he will actually go and get Jod, among other things, yep. as the person who was most originally involved. And they go back and sit down with Tobias and talk to him about a wide range of what he's feeling, what it looks like on the inside of his head head when this happens, etc, etc. Um, yeah, because I do want to check that we're right about the demon thing. Yeah. So, uh, I can just info dump this too. Yeah. So, Jod is very confident that he is not demonically possessed. Excellent. Um, most I of want what, him to be Most of what Jod has asked him is about how he's feeling, whether he ever hears voices pushing himself onto this thing, whether he ever sort of not loses control, but whether he blacks out, whether he is missing time, whether he wakes up with blood on his hands, things in that neighbourhood, none of that is happening at all. Um, Jod's belief is that um, Tobias describes getting angry and suppressing it quite a lot um, about any number of miscellaneous incidents in his life, none of them particularly compellingly serious. Um, which Tristan thinks is the half-orc blood in him, like quick to anger kind of thing. Um, and Job thinks is 
that combined with the leftover of the demonic possession, I, his worst traits have been brought towards the surface a bit closer. Um, on the other hand, the fact that Tobias does not routinely get into fights, hurt people, hunt down small animals, etc., etc., suggests that he's effectively, um, if not conquered that part of his nature, is more than capable of wrestling with it. Um, Tristan will tell you, however, that based on the, the questions and that, um, Tobias has, at this point, is demonstrating a slight resistance to fire, not enough to actually manifest as a game stat, but enough that, like, if you hold a candle up to his finger, his finger will not burn. Um, you know, if you fireball him, he will catch fire and yeah. die. Um, and Tristan has gone through a string of things with him and says, you know, it's it's the most fascinating thing. There's no doubt that there's a freaky blood in there now that we know what we're looking for. And orcish blood as well. Human. And if I'm not mistaken, from some of the answers he gave me, just a hint of the first world as well. It's not surprising when I think about it. We're on top of the area where it's closest in the River Kingdoms, where it's strongest. We've found several portals where the, first, where the veil is torn slightly where the first world is leaking through. And he was born of the moon radishes. Aye. No doubt. No doubt their influence was growing stronger by the first world, too. I don't think there's anything to be deeply concerned about here. There's going to be a series of incidents. I'd suggest that we keep... That, that the guards keep buckets and extinguishing materials around his, around his quarters for at least a few years to come. Well, he deals with all this, but he's going to grow up, I think, a lot faster, a lot bigger. By the time he's 15, he'll be built like a grizzly bear, I would wager. He's already strong, reasonably quick. You remember the owl bear? Yes, I remember the, I, I remember the owl bear. Nothing quite so dramatic, but he'll be taller, he'll be a broader, I would guess. That's the orcish blood being brought to the forefront in him. Otherwise, he might end up, well, more like me. He says, <laughs> with a faint half-smile on his face. Sort of, there's sadness in there, but not entirely anymore. Um, he's coming into his powers at a remarkably young age. I can help him with them, teach him some exercises and things, but ultimately... I can't control their development any more than he can. What will come will come. We can expect certain things, fires, size changing, that kind of thing, and I can teach them to control them as they come along, but ultimately every sorcerer has to find this path on his own to channel those things to something useful. I think training with the sword is a good idea. If nothing else, it'll give him somewhere to put that energy and that rage into. Aye, and... um the thing of it is, being bigger, being the biggest and the strongest, is a thing that he'll have to deal with. Just as me being able to accidentally set things on fire, I can teach him a thing or two about that, even if I can't teach him how to not set things on fire with his mind. I can tell you that while he may not control it all the time, there are several things that he can do, and uh, he will tell you um, that Tobias has manifested sorcerer levels. 
Uh-huh. He is actually a legit sorcerer now with sorcerer levels and everything. Wow. And the two first level spells that he has thus far are burning hands and enlarge person. Excellent. So he can do them by accident or on purpose? Somewhat. Yeah. But that he is now a PC... Your son is now a PC-class character with sorcerer levels. I'm so proud. And he's totally heading in his future for sorcerer, sort some manner of sorcerer, fighter, barbarian, elderish knife. Yeah. So yes, so Kellen is going to give him some training in fighting. Yep. Which is going to comprise of like warrior skills that he can use to defend himself or fight other people. Yep. And some unarmed fighting combined with some philosophy along the lines of never start the fight but always finish it. Yep. So I'm going to teach Jim about bullying and why you don't want to be the bully and why that's particularly important if you're the biggest, strongest kid. Yep. And ways to discourage other boys from picking on you without it descending yep. to fisticuffs and what to do when it does descend to fisticuffs and how to, and how to hit someone without knocking them out and that kind of thing. And explicitly endeavor to ensure that he gets into less fights because the other kids spontaneously decide to stop picking on him and that if he does get into fights that he doesn't break anyone's jaw, which is a scenario I'm relatively concerned about because he's effectively got super strength. He's he's not compellingly naturally gifted with a sword. Like, he's he's definitely designed for some sort of big double-handed chopping stick. Yeah. um, By nature, as opposed to the grace and finesse of Arabia. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't pick it up with anything that would suggest supernatural quickness, but nor is he a particular ham with it, and he's got a good teacher. What he is is real damn strong. He is presently at 16 strength. So I will um, probably teach him some... T- I will teach him some Ador- Aldori Sword Lord things because it's such a big deal. Yeah. And, of course, Vaughn can do a better job of that. Yeah. But um, I will teach him um, some two-handed styles with something like a nice great sword or a great axe, something he can really have a good hack, hack, hack at. Yeah. That's going to be... That's what what Kaelin knows, and that's going to be something that's very effective with that level of strength. Cool. Awesome. And that scene. Yeah. Quest, side quest, resolved. Yep. Sweet. And then, um... If you have had enough for the evening and want to leave it there, we can. If you want to click on the other one, you can. I want to click. It's only 9.30. I want to click on the other one. Let's talk to Terry and the Mesty about weddings. Okay. Speaking of political... What is it? Um, political advantage? Uh, polite, polite, political advantage. Political advantage. Um, so... Lord Terry and the Mesty comes to speak with you um, and is sitting down and talking through the treasury business and um, the what at one time to Caleb would have been astronomical cost of hosting 200 various diplomats in their retinue yeah, um, and is now just kind of day-to-day business yeah, Um, and then Terry answers and that should settle the affairs that should settle the affairs of the finances for Aristus I would like to speak with you on a uh, on, on a less financial and a more personal note, if I may, well, if I may, Your Majesty. Of course, I. Uh, I have received what I believe to be a very good offer from Baron Tiber the Younger, um, who you're like uh, some fucking 
a noble, a noble of some note, uh, the son of a noble of some note from the Vivoyese delegation. He says, stumbling slightly over Vivoyese. Yeah, because yeah. they're not Mivanese anymore. Yeah. Would they be Mavoyan? Mavoyan sounds Mavoyan. better. The Mavoyan. It's got it's got a sort of classy oriental sort of sound. Mavoyan noble. Uh, he has asked he has asked me for Cassandra's hand in marriage. And Cassandra is the one that's in love with um Yes, Cassandra, his oldest daughter, yep. is in love with Lillian. Um and he he says to you, I believe this has I believe this to be a very suitable match for the family, and it would be excellent to get such an affair out. It, it would be excellent to finally settle Cassandra's affairs before she dies an old maid and be able to move on to Tamari. Uh, however, I have, of course, I have, of course, wanted to bring this to you first, Your Majesty, rather than Cassandra, is a matter of our relations with the boy. So he will talk you through. Um, who Lord Tiber is and who Lord Tiber the Younger is and what they mean and blah, blah, blah. Um, politically speaking, this is all sorts of a good match. Um, and actually, it's reasonably good on the um, personal front as well. Like, Tiber is of, of around the right age, supposed to be relatively handsome, you know, has a reasonable, has a reputation as being a reasonably good man. Um, uh, Tyrion is bringing this to you to yay it or nay it as the king because that's the way he's been raised that you do these things. Yeah. Um, and because it's very much depends on whether you want to get deeper into being with Mivoy and married into them and that sort of thing, which very much seems like you do. You yeah, know, yeah, absolutely. You're not planning on sneak attacking them next month kind of thing. No, no. The, um, um, I've no I've no objection whatsoever to stronger ties between the Kingdom's nobles and Mivoy. So, politically, this is a good move. Um, it's a good marriage for um, Cassandra, but not one that is massively above her station or massively above Tiber's station. Um, and personally, they will fit together reasonably well. You know, and but Tyrion says, of course, you know, if you have any objection, if you have any objections to this, Your Majesty, I take Stagthorn's obligations here very seriously. Aye, I hear that, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you consulting me, but um, nay, it um, sounds like a match that'd have a lot of political advantages. And th- there's a little pause, and then Caelan says, "I have no objections." Because he's essentially offering you the opportunity just to veto this so that you can marry her off to whomever else you might find um, suitable. Um, and there are there will be several, you know, slightly sideways comments in there about the unfortunate matter of Lady Murray. Um And, you know, uh, what state Lord Tristan finds himself in. I, and... Tyrion is not endeavouring to be terribly subtle about this, but nor is he openly asking you the basic messages. If you would like Tristan to marry her instead, that would be his preference. Yeah. But he doesn't actually think that's going to happen in absence of that. Um... Yeah, no. And um, Caelan will um, talk around this, but suggest that Lord Tristan may need more time to get over the 
you know, he's, that's not the that's not the road the Tri- Campbell's trying to take Tristan down. He's also not as big on Tristan as he was in the past because Tristan has changed. He actively looks kind of different now. And the um, it's, if you didn't know he was a changeling, it's not immediately obvious. But as soon as you do, it's hard to look away from. And that is like. It's not necessarily something that people outside the kingdom know, but it's certainly something that people in the higher echelons in the kingdom would be yeah. aware of. It was pretty publicly... It, it came up pretty publicly at the yeah. Rushlight tournament, it's, and the gossip is certainly potentially flying around. Tristan looks a lot more elvish now than he did. Yeah. But in a kind of weird way. Weird awesome. <laughs> yes. But, yes. So, but, but, from, but from a... Um, from a noble with Tyrion's back point, weird is the um, operative yeah. adjective. But yeah, no, the um, Kaelin has his own ideas about where that might be going. But um, he so he's he doesn't want to play piggy in the middle for this. And Tyrion nods and he says, "Well, excellent. Thank you very much, Your Majesty. I will present the good news to my daughter." I um, if you, I'll, I'll take my advice. You'll um, see um. See if she's minded to it. I know she, you've raised her with an understanding of her obligations, but she may have um, found an attachment elsewhere. Possibly even something with equally good political connections. He he gives you a slightly sideways look. I do not imagine so. Cassandra has never been too invested in actively pursuing this. Uh, however, I assure you that... Um, your feelings on the matters of love are well known, Your Majesty. Uh, I assure you that I will be taking her feelings into account. I see nothing objectionable about Tybo, but if she is aware of something about him that I am not, I will certainly listen. That's very that's very good of you, and that's all I could ask. And dig, 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 dig. Yep, let him go. And then there is the Batman swirly scene as we go elsewhere. Because the two of them have not asked for my help about this and they have made absolutely no plans for it. What what happens will happen. Kaelin is going to sort of loosely hang around, like he's not going to be hanging around Tyrion and so on, but he's going to sort of keep an eye out for Lillian in case she might happen to come storming past or anything of that nature. Yeah. He's definitely going to be in the vicinity, shall we say. The guy that comes to see you next on this is not perhaps who you might think, it's Tristan. Okay. Um, and Tristan will come to see you in a private moment. Yeah. Um, and he looks sort of flustered. He says, "Oh, uh, Kaylin." Um, at this, in fact, at this point, um, I'll back up slightly. Uh, so Tyrion has told you that he will present Cassandra with that offer and that they will not be making any announcements about it in any fashion until after the wedding, because that's just kind of tasteless. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to stand up in the middle of the wedding and try and top the bride. Yeah, yeah. Um, So at this point, that has just sort of disappeared in the background. You're now heading towards about two hours till wedding time. Oh, great. (laughs) Yep. 
and Tristan will come to see you in a private moment. He says, oh, Caleb, know you're busy, lots of things, but I think did we, uh, we really need to have a word about something. Absolutely. And Caleb will cease buffing his armor and um, go and talk to Tristan. Well, good news. It's not about giant monsters or owlbears or first world monstrosities or anything else invading the kingdom. Well, happy to hear that. Um, what is it about? Have you heard that there's going to be a proposal to Cassandra Nemesti? I, Tyrion, came and talked to me about it. He looks sideways at you. In case I wanted to, to, him to marry her to anyone else. Him who? How would Tyrion know about it? Hang on. Let's back up a little. Who's Who are you thinking that's going to be making an offer to Cassandra Nemesti? Well... See... Okay, so... I know that you know that her and Lillian are together. I... Yeah, it's just it's just the two of us. Yeah, they're, they're very together. And they've been speaking to me about it because apparently I have a reputation for helping people out with this sort of thing when they need help. Well, that's a good thing to have. Um, and I've chosen to... And, and I've helped them from time to time and I've listened to what you've said and... I believe what you're saying. Shailen may not have much, too much sway in the river kingdoms, but that doesn't make love any less important here. Uh, Cassandra's received a proposal from uh, Tiber the Younger, a noble from a Mavoyan noble. Ah, oh, that's what I was talking about. Uh, Lillian's also been told. Cassandra's been told about this by her father. Lillian's been told about it. They've both come and talked to me. Um, Cassandra has asked for my help in spiriting them out of the kingdom while the wedding is happening so that they can elope in peace before anything goes wrong. Uh, Lillian says that if they stick around, then she's going to propose publicly to Cassandra in front of the delegations at the wedding. At, at the reception, though, I don't think she'd be so tasteless as to interrupt the ceremony. Surely Lillian wouldn't do that. I don't share your um, shining confidence in um, Lillian's diplomacy. All right. I can, I can see why the tactful elopement sounds like a better plan. I can put them on phantom horses within 20 minutes and send them off out of the kingdom, but I rather thought you'd want to know and have your say before your viceroy disappeared, and frankly, I'd like your help with it. Aye. Well, if I'm going to be helping with it, then I'd better talk it over with them. Because I don't know what they're planning. It it seems like a more tactful plan than the other, but I don't know if they've necessarily thought it through entirely. (laughs) You're trusting Cassandra and Lillian in the same room? Yeah. (laughs) And not Terry and the Misty? And not Terry and the Misty at this point. Uh, so, Lillian smiles, smiles at you. Caitlin, you're looking very handsome today. Thank you, I've made an effort. As, as, are, as are most people here at this point. Yeah. 
Um, Kellen will at this point have gotten into his plate yes, mail on the yes, basis that he's going to need to wear it for the wedding. It's not something he can don hastily. They're already all dressed up for the yeah. wedding as well in lovely um, Lillian in more sort of butch tight leathers, but fancy nice polished ones. Cassandra in the flowing princess style dress. Yeah. Um, and, and Cassandra says, So are you going to help spirit us away then? help us elope away from here. It's on a wedding day, too. It's so romantic. She flutters her eyelids slightly. Lillian, thank you so much. And Tristan says, I just said he wanted to talk to you first. Oh, but I'm sure Kaylin's going to help us. Kaylin's always helped me. Uh, Kaylin will smile at her. Um, first thing, I think it's very romantic in the like, lad, but the, last, but the first thing I want to um, do is make certain that you've thought it through. If you do this, you know that your father may cut you off. In fact, I'd say he very likely will. She bites her lower lip and looks unhappy at this. Yeah. But I can probably get away with turning down Tiber. But what about the next one? And the next one? And the next one? Maybe if he just thinks I've been kidnapped by Lillian or something. It'll it'll all be better for him. My advice at the point that you two are really prepared to jump over this is that you talk to him. If you like, that we talk to him. I don't think he's going to take this well. In fact, I'm pretty much certain that he isn't. But, ultimately, if this is what the two of you want to do, then, ultimately, there's not a lot that he can do about it. But I know that you love him, and Carol will at this point glance directly at Cassandra, yes. straight past the Lynn. Doing this behind his back will probably be the kind of rift that doesn't heal. And, just and, think... and doing and telling him to his face will probably be the kind of rift that takes a long time to heal. But there is a difference between the two in the long run. And it also means I'll be stabbing him in a bat, the back a bit less, which I would take as a kindness, because I value the two of you enormously, but I value him a fair bit as well. It was not my intention, says William, to get you so involved in this. I was rather relying on Tristan's help. Tristan sort of looks awkward and shrugs helplessly. It's all in it. So that you could have the deniability. And I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate your offer of the quiet quiet thing. It's still an option that I'm taking seriously. But the thing that, um, as far as I'm concerned, is that if, if the two of you want each other more than you want anything else, that's what matters. And... Whatever else happens, I think we can count on Tyrion not to want a big, noisy public scandal. Your father, she says to Cassandra, God love you for God's love you for having him. God's love him for having you. Is a is a selfish, stubborn, bigoted, bigoted Enistarlin. <laughs> she says, spitting out words slightly. He is never going to see any good side to this or any growth or life to it. I imagine. He will be so offended by the whole thing that he will endeavour to bury me in the deepest hole he can find to cover it up. If we're not going to go quietly, then I think we should go loudly and publicly. 
let everyone see this, and let us see what he will do when his house has been shamed. Perhaps he will find it more politically convenient then to deal with the situation. I think quietly and privately is perfectly sound, and I'm perfectly happy for, uh, to have this conversation while you two are already mounted on um, to a Tristram's horses. I don't see any reason we have to present this as anything other than something that you, the two of you are going to do, whether he likes it or not. But I think he'll, in the long run, he'll cope with it better if he's been told than if he's just, you know, found out. Okay, so what's what's your intent that you're proposing here? Because um, you can have any combination of them all stuck in a room together to all ex- execute it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to execute them all. Um, my theory would be for um, Tyrion um, and Cassandra and me to talk this out with Lillian nearby with the theory being that we'll have one conversation and then Tristram will help the two of them leave. And th- th- that's what... Um, and that that will be presented as something that can be done quietly. All right, so... You, Trist- you, you, Cassandra, and Tyrion are all in a room together and... Tristan's outside, effectively, with two phantom horses, with Lillian mounted up on one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tyrion says, Still, Your Majesty, what, Your Majesty, what do you seek at this late hour heading towards the wedding? Cassandra, my dear, you look beautiful. You are sure to catch some... You are, you are quite certain to catch many handsome young fellows' eyes. And she sort of looks extremely awkward. Lord Tyrion, your daughter has something that she has probably should have told you a while ago. I think now it's probably the last opportunity. Um, Dad? Yes? I don't want to marry Lord Tyber the Younger. there are, there is nothing objectionable about the young man. His prospects, and she sort of waves a hand at him, and he quietens and gestures to it, gestures to it, go on. It's not about him. It's well, it is about him. He's um, he's a guy. Dorian sort of stares at her. Like, well, yes. I mean, how else would you intend to have children? What would you... Oh. He says as the penny sort of drops. I've liked girls for a while now, and I couldn't think of a good way to tell you, and I'm sorry. And Tyrion, like, stiff upper lips this and just takes a deep breath. Cassandra, I still love you for who you are. And I am led to understand that some young woman, and they're still for Finn, even some young men, 
find joy in the same gender. And it is, of course, your choice and decision, should you choose to look at other young women and enjoy the way they appear, as long as you do not stray outside of your marriage bounds any further than looking, just as any married gentleman would. And Cassandra at this point sort of shifts her eyes to you with this sort of help help look. And then what? Lord Tyrion, she's in love with Lillian. Lillian Visky? Yeah, I'm afraid so. I knew the first time I met that harlot that she would bring ruin to this kingdom. She has spent this time corrupting and seducing my daughter. How long have you known about this, Caelan? That your majesty has temporarily left out the window the first time you've ever seen him do it. And Caelan will, um, pause for a, um... And Cassandra will leap into the middle of that yeah. hole and, and says, Father, it's, it's, not his, it's not his problem. And Lillian's lovely in so many ways, you just don't see it. Oh? What, what is her loveliest quality? Is it the fact that she runs a whorehouse? Is it the fact that she worships Calistria? <laughs> and spouts off several right horrible and entirely true facts about Lillian at this point. And Cassandra just sort of shrugs. You, you, you wouldn't understand. She offers no advantage to our family. You cannot have children with her because, dear girl, she is a woman. Lord Tyrion. Your daughter has the, had the capacity to elope without telling you any of this. His face boils. <laughs> I recommend that rather than doing that, that she lets you know. Because in the long run, family is all that we have. But I wouldn't want you to mistake this for a conversation about uh, whether or not the two of them are going to be together. This is a conversation to let you know that they have made that decision. I want to marry her. And Tyrion again takes a deep breath, unboils himself slightly, and looks to you. Your Majesty, I confess I am uncertain as to how you have become entangled in my daughter's, excuse me, affairs, but that is neither here nor there. I have Asked you pre- I asked you previously for your opinion and your thoughts on marrying her to Lord Tiber. And you consented that it and would be... And I told you that I had no objection. And you consented that it would be a good idea for what is best for the kingdom. You know, of course, Your Majesty, that you have veto rights over the marriages of the nobles should you find them politically unsuitable or otherwise not in the best interests of Stagthorn. I advised you that I had no objection to Lord Tiber 
And I suggested you ask your daughter whether she had any objection. I am not suggesting that you compel her to marry Lord Tyber. I would not have her marry someone entirely unsuitable for her. Her heart will not speak to that. I am asking that you forbid another marriage on the grounds that it is not what Aristotle desires for Staghorn. You cannot allow that woman, he jerks his head to the tent flap door, that, because well, I imagine you're out in the big sort of pavilion yeah. out in the gardens, you cannot allow that woman out there to marry my Cassandra. In my capacity as King of Staghorn, I think that Cassandra Nesty should marry whoever she wants to. If she was content to undertake a political marriage and marry the man of your desiring, I had no objection. If she is choosing to marry the wo- instead marry the woman that she loves, that is likewise her decision. What is left to you, my lord, is how we can best, best secure your house and what relationship you will henceforth have with your daughter. I'm aware that this is all coming at you very cold. But I assure you, I have not known of this for long. I have not known of this decision of Cassandra's is for more than the hour. And I had to get changed into my armour in that time. It's been a busy afternoon. He, he holds a hand <laughs> out the dogs, understandingly, at that one. I do not fault you here for the decisions you have made, Your Majesty. I ask that you make a wise decision for the future. Think wider than just Cassandra here. I know that you have your own opinions on love versus versus on, on how much of an aspect of love should be in a marriage. I assure you, you will grow to bond with your partner, whomever he may be, she says, looking at Cassandra, in time. The love will come of a sort. What is most important is what is best for our family, what is best for the community, and what is best for Staghorn, what is pleasing in Aristotle's eyes. Your Majesty, if you allow this travesty of a marriage to go ahead in such a public position as the viceroy of Fort Drainlev, then you are telling the kingdom what it is that you think of Aristotle's decisions, of Aristotle's admonishments. You are looking at something far wider than just two women marrying each other. You are looking at a community in which no more children are born, a kingdom that will die out for a lack of suitable, stable, community-supporting marriages. You, you, you cannot allow this. It's, it's self-evident, he says. <laughs> this serves no one's interest but theirs. Sometimes... People must choose what's most important to them. I understand that among Bravoya nobles that marriages are made made by the fathers and mothers, but ultimately 
having no one to speak for me. I made those decisions for myself. And I would not have I would not have advised these two people to wed. But if they choose to sacrifice everything else that they might have for each other, I am not prepared to gainsay them. This does not have to be something that is publicly known. You can scarcely hide their marriage to each other. It depends entirely on whether they leave and how far they go. You are prepared to not only let this happen merely for love, but actively vacate the viceroyum of Fort Drelev. It will depend on what they want to do and what you want to do. But if we can get married, then we don't need to leave, says Cassandra. Then it seems that... You cannot get married. Not to Lillian Visky. Then it appears that only one of these two things things may happen. We can retain our viceroy for Fort Drelev, or she can elope with her girlfriend. Or you can maintain your treasurer, he says. Your Majesty, I cannot believe you stand here cloaked in the armour of a knight of thorns and tell me that you're prepared to dissolve the bonds of our community at the level of a marriage at their core. A marriage is between two people who love each other, my lord. For the purpose of the greater whole, the purpose of children for the future. What manner of children are the two of them going to have together as women? There are solutions for such problems, my lord, but their marriage could serve the community. It could tie a noble to a counsellor. It does not greatly serve your house. It could tear it apart, set off a wave of copycat marriages. And he sort of looks at her, double takes and face palms. You're doing this at Lady Svetlana and Lord Nan's wedding because it's romantic, aren't you? And she says, we thought it would be a great time. I mean, it's it's wedding fever in there. Wedding fever. You see what happens to the young, Her Majesty. This will set off a wave of copycats. This you will tell the people that you will condone, not only condone, but actively encourage this behaviour. I don't consider this a harmful influence on the community. And this is going to happen. Not because I want it, or because you don't want it, but because they do want it. You can ask them to elope and keep it quiet. Or you can ask them to stay and remain a part of the kingdom and a part of your life. And they can consider your request. But well, well, the scandal... your daughter is a grown woman. And she didn't have to tell you she was going to do this. She could simply have done it. Think now for a moment, not of your house, 
or of the nobility or of the wider responsibilities that you hold, and I do know you hold them so very seriously. Just think about her and what relationship you want to have with her once she's married to Lillian Fiske. Because the question that you have to hold, and it is the only and the most important question, is whether you're prepared to love her even though she's going to do this. Of course I am prepared to love my daughter, but that does not change your responsibilities in this matter, King Caelan Thorne. Nay, doesn't. It is your role and your job that Aristotle has invested you in to think of the wider community here. There is more to this community than followers of Aristotle. And I don't agree with you that this marriage is an offence to him. There are, more, there are a number of different deities worshipped in this community by a number of very different people. I am afraid that I cannot serve a king who would so undermine Aristotle's principles, Your Majesty. That is your decision. If you truly will choose not to act in this matter, then I must ask you accept my resignation from the post of treasurer. He glances outside, sighs slightly. Not at this precise moment. Let Svetlana and Van have their day. Let us do this quietly and at a time that is most convenient to Stagthorn. I have no intention of upending the community in the midst of our war with Pytax, but I cannot remain in a position with a man who believes as you do. That's fair enough. And he and Cassandra sort of stop and look at each other. He says, Cassandra, I'll ask you to use wisdom once in your life and think about whether Lillian Fisk, Lillian Fisk, ugh, is the woman you want to spend the rest of your life with, that you are prepared to be left with no children, no home, abandoned when she tires on you and move, tires of you and moves on to her next conquest, something that will probably come very rapidly now that she has the attention that she wants. After all, knowing all that will inevitably occur, is this truly what you want? And she looks shrug slightly. I, I just... It'll be okay. I, I want to marry her. And Kellen will, at this point, walk over to her and say, I asked you to have him, um, let him have his say, and he's had it. You go now. And she goes to leave, and Tyrion calls out to her, Cassandra... You will always be my daughter, no matter what. But, and then he just sort of shrinks his head and trails off, and she exits. It would seem we find ourselves in an impasse, Your Majesty. I regret this. 
As do I. I truly hope that what I say does not come true, that Staghorn... I am not a doomsdayist or a Gyronian. I do not believe that Staghorn will collapse to its knees under this. But the precedent you set this day will haunt your kingdom for generations to come. Next thing you know, we will be overrun with Shalonites. Preaching free love. I do not know what force has kept her out of Staghorn thus far, but I am supremely grateful for it. I've always respected you, my lord, and I'm very sorry for your loss. And I have always respected you, your majesty. Aristotle teaches us that we must find our own wisdom in these matters, that his guidance will be no clearer to us on what he intends. I am certain of my way, and alas, it would seem you are certain of yours. I respect your decision to resign, and I won't fight it, but the two of us will still be in the community together, and we will need to resolve our differences as best we can, but I think for today, let's leave it there and deal with matters at a later time. I would prefer, presuming that Lillian can keep her horse-like jaw shut, to not disturb the wedding any further with this nonsense and chicanery. And as I have said, I will not resign my position of treasury and leave you a treasurer and leave you in the lurch until such time as, in the near future, a suitable replacement can be found. I appreciate that. My duty is to, my duty is clear to Staghorn and to the wider community. And you nod. Yep. Out you go. Yep, and I will have a word with both of them and make certain they understand that today is not the day to make their public announcement, and that indeed I prefer that they didn't make a big, loud, splashy public announcement. but. Everyone else gets to have a wedding, and Lillian says, Galen will come round on this. We'll have a wedding. We'll just have one later. And for once, I find myself in agreement with him. If there are other ways around it other than upstaging the bride, then it is best to not take them. Brides can become very angry about such things. Aye. I wish the two of you all the best in the world. And I cannot say where Lord Tyrion's road will take him at this point. That wasn't a lot of fun. But I think it was the best we could have managed in the short term. And Tristan, who was sort of vaguely hanging around and all this, or at least will pick up the threads after the fact, says, I'm just... I guess I'm glad that love wins out in the end. There's a lot of different kind of loves. I'm sad for what he's losing, but I'm glad that they had the courage to follow through with it. I don't think she could have kept them both. That was always a dream. <laughs> and it's good that now that she's a bit older, she recognises that. All right. But where I'm going to find the treasure in the middle of a bloody war is beyond me. <laughs> Perhaps Lord Tyler the Younger would like to volunteer. <laughs> all right. Okay, and having resolved all that, yes, uh, we go. I think 
um, to the actual wedding somewhat more briefly, unless there's anything else you want to touch on here? Not particularly. Um, yeah. It's the, you know, I'd kind of like to, I think I've kind of already talked to Svetlana, I'd like to have at least a brief on-screen conversation with Van at some point in the proceedings, and I'd be happy with a bit of a montage of what happened or something in that nature, unless there's any more events I'm happy to just go no, for. No, there are not. Yeah. So if you want Van, you have him. So I think, um... Well, he's doing up his, doing up his flowers and all that kind of thing. Uh, sort of at this point, 15 minutes till wedding time. Yep, sounds good. How are you holding up? Callum yeah, looks, uh, looks very stressed and harried, but, um... Yep. Yeah. Vaughn, on the other hand, actually looks quite happy. Yeah. Very well. It... If we're going to have any reports from the front, they're not going to come in in the next... If we're going to have any uh, dire reports from the front, they're not going to come in in the next 15 minutes. At which point, everything is under control. I'm going to be married to Svetlana in less than half an hour. I, I can't believe it, really. I... Respected and cared for Jumandi a great deal. I still miss her of a sort, but what I feel for Svetlana is very different. I think you would have come to love Jumandi had she lived. The two of you had a lot in common, but you didn't get the chance. Some small part of me wonders if you've come in here to tell me that Svetlana has run off. Or suffered some other tragedy or changed your mind and made a play for you after all. <laughs> Nay. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, he says, just the slightest hint of wariness. Nay, I, um, I'm looking frazzled because of some other kingdom business that you don't need to worry yourself on. On Nay, uh, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen her because I'm out here. Uh, you know, Kaelin's doing the groomsman sort of bit. Yep. But, um, the last, but last I saw her this morning before she went to get prettied up, uh, she was already, and I'm pretty sure she'll be coming down that aisle. Ready or not. Then I will certainly be ready to face her. This wouldn't have happened without you, Caleb. I don't think. I... It's very important to me that Svetlana have someone that can love her as she deserves. I'm very happy, all things considered, I'm very happy with how it's turned out. I know that we, you two have come to each other after suffering a great deal, and I know that there are regrets that we have about what happened what we could have done differently, but more than as much as any two people I know, you deserve a chance for joy. And I think that you'll find it. Caleb will him on the back. I do not know that anyone in Galarian could love could love Svetlana as well as she deserves. But I will certainly do my damnedest. Congratulations, brother. Thank you, brother. 
And then... So are they getting married in the Temple of Rory and Varnhold or the Temple of Aristotle and Elksrest? No, they're getting married in the Temple of Aristotle and Elksrest. Cool. So the judge can officiate then. Yes. Excellent. So we see the sort of panned out scene of uh, the blind jawed priest with his clockwork dog up the front. Yep. Um, clockwork dog still just kind of ticking along. Yeah, doesn't seem to be doing anything undue. It's not spitting fire and hearing to assassinate you. Yeah. Um, uh, Varn, I imagine, has probably elected not to have a best man because I think using the king for it is slightly on the nose. If that's what if that's what he'd prefer. Um, because they've they've definitely gone for a heavily political based wedding here. Yeah. And ticking off all those boxes rather than necessarily exactly the ceremony they would want. Yeah. Um, because at this point the two of them feel like they've gotten enough and it's time for them to do their duty for Stagthorn. Yeah. Svetlana comes out in beautiful white wedding dress because, um, well, she is not a virgin anymore because obviously she has um, slept with Oleg repeatedly this being her second marriage. Yeah. Um, she is still a virgin when it comes to Varn. Yeah. Um, and they come in, Jod leads them through the ceremony where they vow to remain loyal and steadfast to each other, to their community, to do what is best to love and to cherish and to hold each other. Uh, Jod turns to Tobias and asks for the ring, and Tobias takes the ring and he hands it to Varn and leans in and says to him, it looks really nervous when the spotlight comes to him, like he's going to catch fire at any moment, yeah. but does not. He does seem to be sweating an awful lot, yeah. though. Um, and he passes the ring to Barn and leans in and whispers to her, you're right, right up front in this ceremony. Yeah. So you hear him lean in, he whispers to Barn, you deserve her. <laughs> and then hands him the ring, he turns around and gives it to Svetlana. She places the other ring back on him. You have this sensation in your head from Titania, um, not as if she is here watching as she was with her wedding, because she is far away from this, almost three quarters asleep, you just have this sensation of vague contentment and peace from her, and the what you get is less a message and more just sort of this empathic link of general good wishes to the bride and groom. Nice. Um, Tristan is, of course, tearing up in the front row. Yeah. And Michaela is looking very stoic in the front row. Yeah. And then the two of them lean in and kiss and chances. I now pronounce you man and wife. They lean in, kiss, and nothing dramatic happens at their wedding at all. Uh, one more little thing. Yep. Um, whenever you want to do it, uh, you have gained a relationship point with Tristan for ticking off one of his book four relationship things. Um, well, so, Siding with Cassandra and Lillian over Tyrion. Yep. I'm just guessing that I didn't get a point of relationship with Michaela because I didn't do the thing that was polit most politically advantageous for the kingdom. Well, that's actually one of Tristan's book four ones, not one of his book five ones. Ah, uh, yes, I see. So that's from... Um, but several of those things just kind of sit around and until, you, until you either hit... Arises, yeah. Well, you can either hit them or fail them. Several people had their... Um, I've got the, my character equipment sheet still seems to be in the book, and that's the one that's got the relationship point thingy in it. Sure. Uh, let me just... I, I can tell you whether whether or not you have a 
achieve Michaela's ones if you want. No, that's... explicitly asked not to know. No, that's okay. Oh, dun, dun, dun. dun. dun.